morning, Uptown Baptist Church. Oh, it is good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? Can I ask you, what time is it? It is time to praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. And I'm sure all of you are excited to be here as just as I. As you know, I love Sundays. And, uh, you know, Mondays you kind of dread a little bit. But, hey, Sunday is here. And I hope and pray that today it will equip you, it will re-energize you, it will refresh you so that you can be excited for Monday through Saturday and you can be back here on Sunday. Amen? Amen. Now, you know what? Before I, uh, call, uh, before I ask the praise team to come up to bless us and lead us time of praise, let me pray. And then we ask that God will help us to worship his name. To magnify his name. Are you all ready? Come on, say it. Are you all ready? Amen, amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for bringing us to your house this morning. Lord, we thank you for bringing us here. We pray that you be glorified, you be exalted, and the name of Jesus will be magnified. 
We thank you, Jesus, for what you have done for us, that you have given us life, and that we have a future, and our destiny is kingdom of heaven. And that is why we come together to celebrate our King of kings and the Lord of lords and the Prince of peace. Because we all know we need peace today. So I ask that you'll give us your shalom. And so God, I pray that you would help us, energize us, refresh us this morning. If some of us are tired, give us that energy kick so that we can lift up the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen. Come on. Amen. 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 Our God is good. Our God is good. And all the time. Amen. Come on, let's stand up and sing together. We learned this song from the African Christian Fellowship many years ago. It's a blessing still. Hold somebody. I know it's a pandemic, but we can still hold them in our hearts, can't we? All right, until that day. Hold somebody, hold somebody, tell them that you love them, lift your hands together and praise the Lord. Hold, hold somebody, tell them that you love them, lift your hands together and praise the Lord. What a friend, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins.
shout hands together and praise. Oh, what's more? Hold someone. Hold somebody. Tell them that you love them. Lift your hands together and praise the Lord. Hold somebody. Hold somebody. Tell them that you love them. Lift your hands together and praise the Lord. Lift your hands. Lift your hands together and praise the Lord. Water you turn into wine. Water you turn into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. None like you. Into the darkness. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise, there's no one like you, none like you. Our God is greater, our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome Water you turn, water you turn into wine. in the eyes of the blind, there's no one like you. None like you. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. There's no Stronger, God, you are higher than 
than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God, and if our God, and if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then who could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then who could stand against? And who could stand against? stronger God you are higher than any other our God is healer awesome in power our God our God hallelujah We just offer you the worship. We offer you the glory and the praise that is due you today. Lord, before we come to you with needs, before we come to you with problems and situations, Lord, you know all those things before we got up. We need you, Lord, today in this place. Oh, we need you. Not just what you can do for us. We need you. Your presence is our comfort. Lord, in the storm, give us peace. Whether you calm the wind and the waves or whether you just calm our hearts, give us peace. Because of your presence with us, Lord, today. Hallelujah. Let's sing this. You were, you were the word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord most high. Your healing glory in creation now revealed in you beautiful what a beautiful name it is what a beautiful name it is the name of jesus christ my king what a beautiful name it is nothing compares to this what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven. Hey, you didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great, your love was great Wonderful, what a wonderful name it is, what a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ my King, what a wonderful name it is, nothing compares to this, what a wonderful name it is. 
wonderful name it is the name of Jesus. Wonderful, what a wonderful name it is the name of Jesus. Death, death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silence the bulls of sin. recognize the Lord Jesus we love you Lord we thank you Lord that for the joy set before us Lord that 
And we're that joy that you went to the cross for us, that you made a way where there was no way. Lord, we thank you. You have no rival. You have no equal. Lord, we thank you that even as we think about what you did. Lord, we can't make this up. It's just amazing to think about the way that you conquered death. Lord, we, we, we were looking for an earthly king. That's what the disciples were looking for. They're looking for you to come on a white stallion and to take over and remove the Romans for rule. And your, your, your agenda was totally different. You conquered death. You conquered the enemy. Lord, because you, 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 you arose, Lord, we are alive in you. Lord, forgive us even as I come before you and I think about, Lord, so many times we get caught up in this world. We get caught up in the problems. And, Lord, we, I remember somebody telling me, you, you need to tell, 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 tell your problems how big your God is. Amen? Lord, you are greater. So, Lord, forgive us when we get caught up and, and just that we would realize that you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Lord, that you are almighty, mighty in all circumstances. And you, and you know before. And so, Lord, may we walk in that, in that, in that, in that freedom that we have. Lord, we, we thank you for the words in that song where it says that, that veil was torn. Lord, that's such a significant thing. For those of you that don't know what that means, that veil signified the, 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 the only place that the, the priest could go once a year, the Holy of Holies, to, to intervene uh, for, for the prayers of the people. And, and Lord, now, because that veil is torn, we can come before you anytime, anytime, any place, all time. Amen. Amen. We thank you that, for that. Lord, help us to come. It's a privilege to come. Sometimes we get too caught up in other things. Help us make time for you. Because you died for a relationship with us. And, and it's, as my brother shared, it's not what you do for us. It's, it's about that building that relationship. Growing more and more closer to you. So then we can go on and do the things that you call us to do. We give you the glory. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's thank the worship team for leading us in worship this morning. Amen. Amen. Um, Pastor Mark Jones, I want to welcome you to Uptown Baptist Church this morning. I see some guests that are here with us. You may remain standing. This is our greeting time. Uh, for those of you a little nervous, we're not going to be running around, but, uh, but we will wave at you. We will greet you. Please make sure to greet those in the gym as well. Uh, let's wave. Let's say hi. We're glad to have you in the house of the Lord. Thank you for coming this morning. Uh, for those of you that are, are visiting uh, our guests, I want to encourage you to talk to David. David, if you could raise your hand. David's our chairman of our deacons, and uh, talk to him after the service. A special gift for you. I also want to encourage you as well um, to fill out the welcome slip that you see in, in your bulletin. If you open up your bulletin, we have the welcome slip. Just fill that out so we know who you are. And i uh, love to follow up with you, tell you more about the church. If you have any questions about who we are, I want to definitely inform you. If you have a prayer need, please let us know. So you can give that to an usher on the way out. There's also a giving receptacle on the way out. And you put it in there and give it to an usher. But we want to be praying for one another. Amen? That's one thing our church takes very seriously. Tuesday through Friday, we have a, a virtual prayer meeting every night, 7 to 8. Um, it's information's in the bulletin for that. You can call in. All you need is a phone. 
Everybody's got a phone, right? And so um, you may be seated. And, and since I mentioned the phone, uh, put it on vibrate, please. <laughs> okay? So I want to give you a heads up on that. We, we, we do that because we want to hear the message. And sometimes people call us during the service. They don't know what's going on, right? He might be telling you who's, who won the marathon. You know? so, so whatever it is, we want to just have it on vibrate. You can check it later after the service. But um, you know, just want to make you aware of that. Um, a couple of things I want to make you aware of as well. We had new, new beginnings today. We started some new groups this morning as well as our ongoing groups. The groups that are continuing on, I want you to continue to pray for them. We have our youth group that's meeting. Joshua Yoke is leading that. It's from uh, youth 12 to 18. And so that's, that's meeting. Our Foundations of Faith class is meeting downstairs in Fellowship Hall. Morris Brown is leading that, that class. And, of course, our women's class is over in the parlor right across the way. So I want to make you aware of that. Um, so make um, want to point that out to you. And actually, let me stop for a minute. I'm going to interrupt myself because I don't want to forget something that's, that's new that's happening. Last Sunday, we started Children's Church. And, and so the children had so much fun. They only had one thing that they said they, they needed. They needed more time. <laughs> so, so G is actually waiting for the kids right now. So if you have children, they're from 5 to 11, younger, younger kids, we want to have them get up and, and go over and meet G at the door for Children's Church. So let's excuse the kids. Give them a hand. We're excited. And uh, so excited that this ministry is happening and stuff. And then uh, for those of you, if you see kids come in a little later, that, uh, that, that are around that age, you know, just let them know they come over to the parlor. Okay, back to the classes. We have two new classes that began today. Uh, practical pointers for powerful personal discipleship. Pastor Dale is leading that class and just started downstairs. There's plenty of room still to sign up for that class, so that's why I had this in a bulletin. So if you're interested in growing in discipleship, I encourage you to, to fill that out. Also, if you're checking out our church, and you said, I want to know more about the church, considering joining the church, I want to encourage you to come to our new members class. That, that is actually going to start next Sunday and stuff. Um, so I want to make you aware of that so you can sign up. And you say, well, I'm not sure I want to join. Well, that's okay. You're not obligated to join. It's a way for you to get to know us and for us to get to know you. So you get to know the pastor. He, he leads the first class. He'll be talking about our core values, what we're all about. As a, as a church, get a chance to meet him, get the chance to hear some of the leaders' testimonies and, and so on. So anyway, if you're interested in new members class, um, you can fill that out and get that in today. And that all those classes start at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. They meet from 9 to about 10:15, And so I want to make you aware of those things. Uh, if, if, I, if you could, read the rest of the, um, the uh, information on the bulletin in, on your own. And then I'm going to lead us in, in a uh, time of prayer for our um, for our offering. A couple, couple notes. I want to give, get you guys up to date on, on the offering. Uh, we've been doing well, but we're about 9,000 behind for the, for the year. So we want to catch up. There's plenty of time to catch up. But I want to encourage us to not only give a regular gift, but to give a little extra so that we can get that deficit eliminated by the end of the year. Um, and so just making you aware of that. But thank you for your faithful giving. And uh, we trust in God's provision, but you know, I want to make you aware of what, what the needs are. So let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We trust in you. And Lord, we thank you. You are always faithful to our church. And so, Lord, even as I share the, the needs before you, I pray that we just continue to be faithful, to give, uh, Lord, for the needs of, of, of this facility, uh, for, for the staff, 
Lord, and for the ministry that, you, that you're carrying on through in and through us. And so, Lord, just help us to continue to trust you, what you've given us. Everything we have belongs to you. And so, Lord, help us to be faithful, to give it back to you, knowing that you're going to use it for your glory. And so, Lord, we give you thanks, and we, we thank you for those of us that, those of the, that are visiting today, that are with us. We're very thankful to have them with us. And just continue to bless our service. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and invite up our senior pastor, Pastor Nick Kim, and so if you could welcome him as he comes. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Uh, you all know I'm always excited, but today I'm especially excited, and the reason why I'm especially excited is that because it's going to be my first child dedication at Uptown Baptist Church. Amen? Uh, so I'd like to welcome uh, Tim and Melissa Dish bringing up the precious child, Caden. And if they could sit, stand next to me right here. Come up under the... Isn't it awesome, guys? Amen, amen, amen. amen. Uh, let me pray, and then we will uh, begin our dedication. Father, we humbly come before you. As my brother prayed earlier, uh, the, the veil is torn so we can come to you in your holy presence because of the work of Christ. And we give thanks to Christ, and we come under the lordship of Christ, and it is his name that we come into your presence. And Father, I pray that as we have our child dedication, the precious gift that you have given unto Tim and Melissa, their son, Caden, we lift this time up to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Standing before us are three generations. Seeing this brings in mind Proverbs chapter 17, verse 6, which tells us, that grandchildren are a crown to the age. And the parents are the pride of children. Tim and Melissa has their parents here in the worship service witnessing the dedication of their grandchild, Caden. Grandparents, we know you're very proud of your grandchild. He could do nothing wrong. And Tim and Melissa, we trust that the step of faith you're taking today will make Caden one day proud of your actions. By the way, he and I are kind of matching. He got, he got the memo. Now, children are a gift from God. Psalm chapter 127 verse 3 says, sons are a heritage from the Lord. Children is a reward from him. As believers, we are called to recognize that children belong first and foremost to our Heavenly Father. Amen? God, in His goodness, gave children as a gift to us parents. We not only have the awesome privilege of caring for this precious gift, but also have the wonderful privilege of enjoying the gift. Because children belong to God and are given by grace as gifts 
to parents, it is only proper and appropriate that children be dedicated back to God. Amen? In 1 Samuel chapter 1, Hannah presented her son Samuel to the Lord. In Luke chapter 2, verse 22, Mary and Joseph brought their baby Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem in order to present him before the Lord. In the same way, Tim and Melissa today bring their son, Caden, presenting first themselves and then, and then their son before the Lord our God. Presenting before our Lord our God. And you all, UBC family, are witnesses of this wonderful time. Tim and Melissa, by becoming, coming forward before God and in his church, UBC family, do you hereby declare you desire to dedicate yourselves and your son, Caden, to the Lord? If so, please respond by saying, we do. And Caden responds too. <laughs> Having come freely, I ask now that you enter into the following commitment in the presence of God and UBC family. Amen? Amen? The first question that I would like to ask out of five is this. Tim and Melissa, God has entrusted you with a great responsibility. Will both of you lovingly accept this responsibility? It's okay. Second, God has given you a precious gift. Caden, wouldn't you agree? Will both of you protect and nurture this gift that God has given both of you? He's smiling. Third question. God expects you to teach a child through example of a godly life. Will both of you strive to live lives consistent with God's word before your child? Amen, amen. Fourth and last but least, a child is clean and pure. We all know that, amen? It knows no right or wrong. Will both of you dedicate yourself to teaching of the ways of Christ to your child? Amen. Now to UBC family. Here's a question for all of you. Do you pledge to pray for Caden? Amen? Amen. And pledge to help Tim and Melissa to live up to these promises. Amen? Amen? Remember, it takes a village to raise a child. Amen? Amen. It takes a church to raise a child. So before God and before Tim and Melissa, amen? Amen. 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 Let's all rise, if I may ask all of you. And just stretch out your hand if you can toward the Dish family, Tim and Melissa and Caden. And let's pray for them. Father, we pray that you will be Caden's shepherd that he will not be left in need. Lord, make him lie down in green pastures. May you lead him beside those still waters. Restore his soul. 
May you lead him into paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Yes, even though he will walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he will fear no evil, for you are with him. May your rod and your staff comfort him. May you prepare a table before him in the presence of his enemies. May you anoint his head with oil. May his cup run over. May goodness and mercy follow him all the days of his life. And we pray that Caden would dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's welcome Caden Dish into our home. You may be seated. That was fun, amen? amen? And I hope that we have more to come in the near future because I love dedicating little ones. I'm sorry, uh, Tim and Melissa. We have a certificate that I was going to give you, but I'll give it to you later. And guess what? Grandma made it for Caden. So it's special. Let me pray, and then we will go into our uh, message for this morning. Father, we thank you for the, uh, the special time and the blessing that you have given us just now for us to experience dedicating Caden Dish to you. And I thank you for the parents that are committed and faithful to you and to Caden. Pray that you bless them. Father, I pray that as we look into your word this morning, that you would anoint your servant. And the words are not a man's opinion, but a words that flows down from the kingdom of heaven. I pray, Lord God, that you will give wisdom to your servant. And that this servant will only proclaim your word and your word only. Now may the meditation of my heart and the words that are spoken through this servant may be pleasing to your sight. In the holy name of Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Prior to the pandemic, perhaps some of you know that I was involved in prison ministry at Stateville uh, Prison in Romeoville. It's a, mac, it's a maximum prison uh, place where, you know, you don't want to go there because there are a lot of bad people there. That's why it's designed and that's why it's there for. But the Lord gave me a heart to, to be to for prison ministry and the verse that came into my mind. And, and you all know this when uh, about this, uh, the parable about the shepherd, uh, sheep, and the she, uh, sheep and the goats. And the Lord Jesus said, you did not come to visit me while I was in prison. And to the, uh, to the sheep, he said, you came and visit while I was in prison. And he said, and they were asking, when did we visit you? Or why, when did we not visit you? And basically he said, what you do, least of these, you do it unto me. And so brothers, as you, sisters, as you look around and as you look front or behind the people, are you busy family? When you are serving one another, who you are serving? Christ. 
Christ. That's what we are here for. That everything that we do is for Christ and Christ only. It is not to make us feel good and say, well, I did a good deed today so I could sleep well tonight. Well, I did my church thing today on Sunday so now in the Monday through Saturday I could go out and live my own life. That's not how it works, amen? But that's the scripture that the Lord convicted me and that's what compelled me to go to prison and start prison ministry. Now, you can say that at first, wouldn't you be, Pastor Nick, be intimidated by going into maximum prison sentence where prisoners are there that are they're, uh, they're, uh, they're murderers and, and rapists and, and thefts and all kinds. You could name them all and they're all there. But there's a difference between if I go with a man's power or when you are filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is reigning in you. Amen? There's a difference. So my first day in Statesville, I was uh, standing in the gate that leads to other gates of many. And the main gate that I was standing, I was had to wait because there had to be a guard that comes in to, esc- to come out and escort me through different, different gates and lead me to the room that where I'm going to uh, do, perform, uh, not perform, but officiate a worship service for these inmates. So I was, I was waiting here, and I had a, a, my, my dear sister uh, uh, with me, who was also has a heart of prison ministry, that she has a, uh, loves to pray, and, and, I, and she's there to pray. But I'm standing, and there's a, an officer that comes to me, and I, and I said, hello, good morning. I'm glad to be here. Are you glad to be here? And he looks at me, and he says, just said, hey, I don't believe in your Lord. And in my mind, it's like, I didn't ask you if you believe in the Lord. I just said, good morning, how are you doing? But he just wants to make that clear, that I don't believe in your Lord. But in my mind, I said, the mistake that you made was, first you said, Lord. And I'm going to tap into that. And the second mistake that you made is that I don't believe in the Lord. And, and you think that I'm going to let that slide. And if you know me, and the officer's name is, I looked at his badges. If you know me, uh, Officer Blair, I'm not going to let that by. And I'm already excited, but it's already going to pump me up even more to share the gospel with you. Amen. Amen. That's what the reign of the Holy Spirit does. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit convicts you. I looked at, and as I was coming back, and I I looked at uh, Sister uh, Becky, and I said, oh, no, he didn't. You know, now he shouldn't have said that because now I'm going to be praying for him. Anyway, we walk into the worship service. We had about 30 men there. And was I intimidated? No. These guys, as I, you heard me say this, they're, over, they're about 280 pounds. It's a lot of them. They're about 6'2", six 6'3", two, six muscle bound, and they have tattoo in their eyedrop of a teardrop. And you know what that means. I'm not going into great detail, but again, you know what type of men these are. But I preach the word faithfully and powerfully, and I share the gospel. And at the end of the day, all these men said, man, you can preach. I said, I can't preach, but the Holy Spirit can, amen? A lot of them accepted the gospel at that time. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Amen? 
And then at that day, that Saturday afternoon, I came back home, and I, was, I looked at G, and she was sitting down. I sat next to her, and I said, this is what ministry's all about. You know, I was a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm not called to be comfortable. Amen? And you hear me say that before and again. And so again, it, it fast forward, I went back, and again, the, I see this uh, Officer Blair every time, and he, he, I'm, breaking, he's, I'm breaking his hard heart. Not me, but the Holy Spirit is. And he would ask me, he says, how did the service go? He would ask that. And time to time, he would say, uh, Pastor Nick, how was your Sunday worship? And I, I looked at him and I said, wait a minute, a man that said that I don't believe in your Lord, why is he, why is he concerned about the, how did the service go with the prisoners? How did my Sunday worship go uh, in the past Sunday? And I, and I knew that the Lord was chiseling his hard heart. Amen? That's what the Holy Spirit does. Amen? That's what the Holy Spirit does. So, Finally, at this one Saturday, they kind of blow my mind, and it should not blow my mind because the Holy Spirit is at work. And he said, Pastor Nick, this past Sunday, I went to church. And I liked it. And I'm going to continue to go. I said, praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Following week, I went back. He wasn't there anymore. I asked the, one of the officers or the guard that was there, and I said, where, where's Officer Blair? And he said, he's been tr uh, transferred to another uh, gate. The Lord said to me is, at that time, said, your assignment is done. Your assignment is done. Now move on to the next assignment. So my dear brothers and sisters, the question that I have to ask you this morning is, what is this assignment that God has instilled in your heart? What is the assignment? What is the burden that he has placed in your heart? And you're going to hear me say this over and over again. Your burden, your assignment. Your passion, your assignment. And the question again followed by that is that, are you being obedient? Are you being obedient to that calling? Some of you know what your assignment is this morning. And some of you could be kind of dragging it off and said, Lord, let someone else take care of it. I'm too busy. Some of you, you have this burning passion and you have this burning, you have this burning burden in your heart. And you tell the church, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? And you have this burden. And the question again right back is, okay, you have that burden. Why don't you do something about it? Some of us, we just like to say, okay, let someone else take care of it. Have we heard that before? Yeah. Am I preaching? <laughs> you know? God has placed a burden in your heart because that is your assignment. God has placed a passion in your heart. That is your assignment. And that is a UBC family what ministries are birthed and how ministries and visions are birthed is the passion and the burden that God has placed in your heart. See, most churches, too many times pastors waste their time casting the vision of the pastor's vision. You see? And then it takes a whole year to convince the congregation. And by the time the pastor convinces the congregation, the pastor and the church is exhausted. Are you been there? 
But vision that God has given you should not be exhausting, but it should be exciting and it should be fired up. You see, we as a church, Uptown Baptist Church, there's no one person that stands out, but it's everyone. Amen? Amen. We are brothers and sisters of Christ, and we do, th- we do things together as a body of Christ, as a unit, all right? And it is birthed out of passion and it is birthed out of burden that God has placed in your heart. And the question again I'm going to ask you is, what is an assignment that God has assigned you and have you been ignoring it? Have you been ignoring it? This morning, as we look into the text, Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 22. 22 verses, so stand with me. Bear with me. We will discover when the Holy Spirit reigns in us, he will turn ordinary people like Peter and John to be obedient followers and full of courage and instruments of God to reach people. You're going to discover that how ordinary people like Peter and John turned the world upside down. Even the religious institute of that day. And the rulers were desperate. And that's what we're going to talk about. So turn with me to Acts chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. If you have your Bibles or look behind me, we've got the PowerPoint working, praise God. You could be work behind me and look at what it says in verse 1. The priests, meaning the Levites, who performed the service in the temple. And the captain of the temple guard was like the chief police of the temple courts. And the Sadducees... Now, who are the Sadducees? There are two types of religious leaders at that time. And you may know them, and they're called the Pharisees and the Sadducees, right? The Pharisees were against the apostles, the 12 apostles, for their religious reasons. They didn't believe in Jesus Christ. Remember, Pharisees are one of the groups that put Jesus Christ on the cross, right? They were against. But the other group is the Sadducees. Sadducees were a group of arrogant men who were wealthy, educated, and they controlled the political and religious life of that day. They didn't want the apostles to influence the crowd in any way to harm their political structure. You see, they had a great thing going. And they, they liked everything because they had the power, they had the authority. And they walk down the, you know, the, the, the streets or the, the market. And all the, all the fellow Israelites, the Jews, they were like, whoa, here comes the Sadducees. And they, you know, they were wearing the fancy robes and so forth. And they were respected. And they listened to them because they were religious leaders, the Sadducees. But they didn't want anything to ruin what they had. And so they were very concerned. They knew that all talk about Jesus' resurrection was a strong threat to them. Why? Because they're the one who were responsible to crucify Jesus Christ. They're the ones that says, no, there's no resurrection. They didn't believe it. But now there's all these talks about resurrection. And the people were probably talking behind their backs. Wait a minute, are these Sadducees, Pharisees, the religious people that, that, religious that we respected and we listened to all this time, could they be wrong? 
could they be wrong? Could they be the guilty of committing murder by putting innocent man on the cross to be criticized, crucified with the thief and a murderer? Could they be wrong? And that was what's going around. And so you can imagine these rulers of the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they were very nervous because talk, they was going around. Notice in verses 2 and 3, the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the temple. They were greatly disturbed. Let me press the pause button here and break this word greatly disturbed, break this down a little bit. And give you a little better understanding of what this means. The Greek word for disturbed is dipaleo, which means exhausting, depleting grief, which means, which results in piercing, piercing fatigue. This is what the Pharise- uh, Sadducees and the Pharisees were experiencing. You talk about stress, these guys were experiencing it big time. Why? Because, again, the religious order was in trouble. They weren't going to be that high position anymore. And if Rome comes and hears about that there is the Messiah, if Rome comes that there is the king of kings, if Rome hears about it, they're gonna, you know what they're going to do? They're going to put a stop to it because there's only one king, and that is Caesar. And so again, not only were they afraid that they were going to lose their power against their fellow Israelites of the, nation, the Jewish uh, community, but they're also going to be afraid of the Roman Empire that was going to come and destroy their political and religious stature. So you can imagine they were nervous. They were literally fatigued. They were depleted. And I'm sure some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you, when you've gone through some hardships and difficult times, stressful times, you just are depleted and you're fatigued and you're exhausted. And, and some people, as a result of that, get sick, physically sick. So I'm sure these Sadducees and the Pharisees, some of them were just not feeling well. Why? Why were these men so deeply grieved? Well, because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They, so therefore, they seized Peter and John because it was evening. They put them in jail until the next day. They arrested, Jesus, or they arrested Peter and John because they wanted to stop teaching this resurrection and teaching about Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. And naturally so, they arrested him and they were going to have a court next day, what's called the Sanhedrin court. The Sanhedrin court encompasses the high priest. Let's call it like the Supreme Court to understand that. Sanhedrin court entailed the high priest, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and the teachers of the law. That's what the Sanhedrin court was. If we modernize it, the Supreme Court. And so because it was too, young, too, early, too late in the evening and to call all the men into session, they said, okay, let's put them in prison. And they were hoping that in the night of jail, spending a night in jail, in the dump, 
maybe it will knock some sense to them. Maybe they will get intimidated. They'll get afraid. And they'll not talk about Jesus anymore. That's what they're hoping for. But that's not what the case was. Notice in verse 4. But many who heard the message believed. Did you catch that? So the number of men who grew to about how many? 5,000. Now I believe that it's more than 5,000 because they only recorded the men. What about the women? What about the children? Just like the feeding of 5,000, amen? It was more than 10,000 because they only recorded the men. So you could imagine this was spreading like fire. And that is why the Sadducees and the Pharisees was deeply stressed. Again, their political career is on the line. Brothers and sisters, when the Holy Spirit took control over Peter and John, also the heart of those who were listening, and if we submit to the Holy Spirit that reign in our hearts, we will experience the amazing work of God in our lives. And that's what it was happening with these people right here. More than 10,000 people, more than 10,000 people because of the gospel, because of the power of the Holy Spirit was moving. The following day, religious leaders were desperate. Again, you could imagine why. As, and they called this the Sanhedrin court, the special court. All the people who needed to be there was there. Notice in verses 5 and 6. The next day, the rulers that was made up the Sadducees, the elders, and the teachers of the law, met in Jerusalem. And Ananias, the high priest, was there in more of an honorary title. Now, Cyphus, Ananias' son-in-law, was the actual high priest. So there was only one high priest. Like, okay? And so were Cyphus, John, Alexander, and others of high priest's family. So all the people that needed to be there was there. So therefore, they brought Peter and John into their session. And they also brought in the lame beggar who was here. Remember when we talked about that, how he was healed. And that's what this all things, that's what it all began. Because Peter and John healed this lame beggar. Notice in verse 7, they had Peter and John brought in before and they began to question them. And check this out. By what power or what name did you do this? Referring to healing the lame beggar. Because they never saw anything like it. No one did. Well, only when they were following Jesus. Jesus is the only one that other, uh, uh, a person that was able to heal uh, physically and spirit, uh, spiritually in every way. So again, they, they, they recognize that they, again, this lame beggar was healed. And so that's what they asked the question. The Sadducees thought they were smart and, and put them on the, uh, uh, was asking a trick question to the apostles. Why? Because if Peter and John answered that, that, and to give credit other than Jehovah, under the law they were put to be put to death. So the rulers of the law, again, they, they thought that Peter and James was no one situation. But the question is, what will Peter do? 
If you were in Peter or John's situation, what would you do? In most cases, people will be intimidated, standing before a Sanhedrin court. Just like you would be intimidated if you were standing in a Supreme Court. These men, however, were not intimidated at all. Rather, they had boldness. What change? Because Peter decided in his own mind that, okay, I'm not going to be a wimp like before. I'm not going to disown Jesus Christ as I said I wasn't going to. And then I disowned him three times. But now I'm going to be different because I have the Spirit in me. Notice in verse 8, then Peter filled the, filled the Holy Spirit. Let me press the pause button here and let's study the word filled. The Greek word for fill is pletho. Fill to the maximum. Fill to the limit. You see, Peter was filled to the limit with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Holy Spirit maximized him from head to toe. Why do we pray sometimes, Holy Spirit, give me more power. Holy Spirit, give us more filling. Because we want to be filled to the maximum. And here, Luke is describing, Peter was filled to the maximum with the Holy Spirit's power. Amen? That's why he was able to say this to the Sanhedrin court. He says, rulers and elders of the people. And I'm sure while he's, this, he's saying this, while he was in prison or spent late night in the evening, he's probably thinking, ah, Jesus, you know, you know I denied you, but tomorrow I don't want to do that again. So fill me up. And so that's what this, how this conversation began. So look at verses 9 and 10. Peter said, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness. Now remember, he's talking to the Sanhedrin court now. To a man who was lame and now being asked how he was healed. Then, check this out. Know this. Know this. And he's looking them in, the, in their face with confidence and boldness. And he's saying this. You and all the people of Israel, listen up. He said, you want to know what, by what power or what name that this man was healed? And because you asked this question, and at the same time because you acknowledge that this man was healed, I will tell you. Because I'm not going to shy away from it. He said, it is by the name of Jesus Christ Nazareth. Did you catch that? It is by the name of Jesus Christ. The power is in the name of Jesus Christ. The authority is in Jesus Christ. And the name is Jesus Christ. He is the great I am. Amen? Hallelujah. Come on, church. You know, when I came in this morning, I was kind of sluggish. 
I think this is the weather. But when I started worshiping with Mike, my dear brother Mike and the worship team, it got me energized. <laughs> Are you energized, brothers and sisters? Hallelujah. You can't be, you can't help but to be energized when you're in the house of the Lord. Amen. And if you're not energized and you're in the house of the Lord, and, and you got to check yourself. Check your soul. Ouch. <laughs> I'm just being real. But check this out. In the name of Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ and Lazarus, whom, check it, you crucified. Man, Peter was not scared. By saying this, he could be, be, be put in prison and be executed as well because they have the authority. But I could have said to whom, you crucified. But, I bet he says, but, catch this. God raised from the dead. Amen. You crucified him, but God raised him. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, when the spirit reigns in your body, there is no t intimidation. There is no fear, but there is only courage and boldness. So brothers and sisters, when you are walking down the street and then you see a neighbor and you want to share the gospel, then you go right ahead because you have the power and the authority to share the gospel in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. As good as having events, church events, to draw the crowd. Those are good things. I'm not downplaying on church events. Those are good things. But in Bible, does it say when Jesus Christ said, hold church events so that you can draw the crowd? Are you with me? Did he say that? No. He said, go out. That great commission. And he told the disciples and he tells us, Go out to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. So where is Samaria? All the people that are rejected. Go there. What you do least of these, you do it for me. And he says, be my witnesses. And the question that I have to ask you is this. As good as those church events that, are, that draws the community, that is great. I'm now downplaying it. But what God wants, and what we, if we want to be biblical followers of Jesus Christ, and if we want to be his disciples, then we are to go out and fulfill that commission and to share the gospel. And the question that I have to ask you is, when is the last time that you shared the gospel? Was it a yesterday? A week ago? A month ago, a year ago, or two years ago, and I can go on. And Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. You hear me? I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power and the authority. Brothers and sisters, we're called to share the gospel. Amen? Aren't you glad you're in church today? Because I'm being real. We're called to share the gospel to your neighbor, whether it may be in your workplace or whether that you may be standing in a grocery line or whether you may be pumping gas at Costco or whether that you may be wherever you're at. You see, because when I went to prison, yes, okay, I got to say that carefully. I didn't go into prison, all right? Someone watching online and said, headline news, UBC senior pastor was in prison. 
Let me correct. Nah, I was not convicted of, all right, breaking the law. But I went there to minister, right? When I went there, I thought I was going, my vision was to share the gospel with the inmates. But God said, no, no, I'm not going to limit you and to just share the gospel with the inmates. But you need to reach the guards as well. Amen? You see how God works. And you see how man works. We only think in this way. But God is thinking this. And the Lord taught me this. He said, Nick, I don't want you to fish in a pond. I want you to fish in the ocean. Amen? UBC, we're not going to fish in a pond. Amen? Amen. Pastor Mark would tell you, you're not going to catch anything in a pond. You may catch little poquito fishes, right? Small fishes. But if you want to catch a big fish and multiple fishes, you got to go to the ocean. And you're going to experience some what? Those hard waves when you're in the ocean. And you're going to experience some opposition just as I experience opposition. You think Blair discouraged me saying I don't believe in the Lord? No. And you think that's going to discourage you? No, my brothers and sisters. Rather, that's going to pump you up even more and say, I got the Holy Spirit and the power and the authority, and I'm going to spread the gospel, and you're going to come to know the Lord because the Holy Spirit is going to convict you of your sin. Amen? So UBC, let's get to work. Amen? Because we're all about the mission. We're all about the mission. And we're all about the discipleship. Amen? The people that you reach, the people that you disciple, then we can come and worship together. Amen? Hallelujah. God is good. Peter, as he looked at the Sadducees and the religious rulers, he looked at them and he was like throwing a flaming arrow into their heart. He was piercing their heart by saying, whom you crucify, but God raised from the dead. Only Holy Spirit can give that boldness and courage to Peter who ran away prior like a little boy. There was no fear in Peter, only faith. And he said, you see this man that I'm pointing right there. This is the man that stands before you. And you know him very well. Later on, we're going to discover how old he is. He's going to be, he's 40 years old. For 40 years, he's been, he was born lame. And he was in the courts begging for money. So they know him very well. And they could not deny that this man was healed. Over 40 years, you see. Peter's not done. He says in verse 11, Peter gives a beautiful imagery of the Old Testament, who Christ is. He says, Jesus is a stone builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. What Jesus is saying is this. You religious leaders, Sadducees and the teachers of the law, you rejected Jesus Christ. But God made Jesus Christ the cornerstone, the most important stone. And Jesus is the one that connects man to God. Amen? Jesus is the one who brings salvation to man and woman. Notice in verse 12, Peter said, Salvation is found in no no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. You see? 
The message to the Sadducees is very clear. And to us. It is Christ or nothing. Amen? Christ or judgment. Amen? Christ or hell. Peter was attacking the religious institute of that day. And he says, Christ or hell. It is Christ or nothing. Or it is Christ or judgment. Peter was on fire. Salvation is only found in Christ's name. And it is only Christ that God connects us to him. When I share this to some of the Jewish friends that I have, they get real uncomfortable. They believe that Jesus was a good man. But they don't believe that he was the Messiah or the Savior. To this, to this day, now there are some Jews that believe in Jesus Christ. We call them the Messianic Jews. And then we actually have once a year Seder worship, Seder service, where we invite a Jewish uh, a gentleman who is a Christian, and he, runs, he uh, uh, does the Seder for us. And it's very powerful. But most of the Jews to this day, they, they are still waiting for the Savior and the Messiah. I have several Muslim friends, and they believe that Jesus Christ was like one of the Muhammads. One of the, they were good, he was a good man, but they don't believe that he's a Messiah. They don't believe that he's a Savior. But clear what the Bible tells us here, as you look in, behind me, is who is salvation belongs to the Lord. It is his name. And he is the cornerstone that connects me, a sinner, a sinner to a holy God. Only Christ can do that. Amen? So you could imagine that these uh, sad, so these in court was a little nervous. Not little, they were probably a lot nervous. They were probably clearing their throat, looking at each other, sitting on the edge, and saying, who is this Peter and, Jay, Peter and John? But at the same time, they were blown away of the boldness that Peter was saying. Because he did not look defeated. He did not look exhausted. He did not look intimidated especially spending a night in jail. Notice in verse 13, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, meaning uneducated, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus because they cannot deny that Jesus was a powerful teacher. But they could not deny that. But at the same time, because their religious institute was on the line, they murdered him. You see? But they knew that they, the this apostles were, had time with Jesus because they had much wisdom. In other words, these unschooled men schooled this well-educated men and wealthy men. He's put them to school. They were speechless. Notice in verse 14 what happened. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was what? Nothing to say. When the Holy Spirit has something to say, you, you can't, you can't, you got nothing to say. That's what happened to this. What? This Religious, well, wealthy, educated man would probably with master's or a PhD or doctorate degrees 
had nothing to say? Even Cyprus, who was there, who said, hey, it's better that Jesus die than us. He had nothing to say. Notice in verses 15 through 17. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin, and they conferred together. So they said, hey, we can't, we're not going anywhere. So let's, let's pull back. Let's have a special uh, meeting behind the bench. That's what they do. What are we going to do with these men? They were just looking at each other. They were confused. They didn't know what to do. They asked, everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they have performed a notable sign. Can you, can you catch that? A notable sign. It was similar to what Blair said, I don't believe in your Lord. Now they're recognizing, acknowledging they did a notable sign, a good deed. We must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in his name. What they failed was it was causing doubt, even in the Sanhedrin court. Their plan was to shut these men up, but it backfired because some of them were saying they did a notable act. And some even recognized what name and power did you do this? Because they know that it is supernatural what happened to this poor man is able to walk after 40 years. So it backfired. Some of them were having doubts and asking, who is really this Jesus? Notice in verse 18, then they called them to again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Peter and John boldly replied in verses 19 and 20, but people and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to listen to you or to him, you be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Peter was not, he was not intimidated. He was not afraid of prison. And you know Peter, in the end of his career or end of his life, he was crucified. And the scholars will say, he was crucified upside down because he said, I am not worthy to be crucified like my Lord Jesus Christ. But yes, he's been crucified upside down. But you know Peter is in a better place. So my dear brothers and sisters, what are we afraid of? Why are we so timid to share the gospel? Brothers and sisters, how can anyone keep silent after experiencing God's power? The early believers did not shy away from the opposition. And I hope and pray that Uptown Baptist Church, UBC, will not shy away opposition and rejection. Amen? Because you will experience rejection. You will experience opposition. And some door will be slammed against you. And you will be called a religious freak. Narrow-minded, fundamental religious freak but how can we stay quiet look what happens in next in verses 21 and 22 after further threats they let them what 
They go. They let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were what? Praising God for what had happened. Look at that. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. Amen. For the man who was miraculous healed, catch this, out, catch this, was over 40 years old. That's what they were praising God for. In closing, the question is, what, what does this mean for us specifically? It means when the Holy Spirit reigns in us, Christ is the center of our lives. Amen? And there are three things that we must do when the Holy Spirit reigns in our hearts and when Christ is the center. First is this, we must spend time in what? Say it again. We must spend time in what? God's Word. The more time we spend in His Word, the more we reflect the light of Christ. Amen? We must remain in the Word, constantly learning, constantly being taught, and constantly being renewed. Amen? I am constantly being taught by listening to all of you. I am being constantly taught when we have a Wednesday night prayer meeting that I'm listening to your prayers. Not only am I being taught by reading the Word of God, not only am I being taught by uh, 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 hearing sermons from, sermon from other pastors or reading in books, but I am being constantly taught by you. Amen? That leads to my second point. We must, we must spend time with what? We must spend time with what? We must spend time with God's people. We become like the people we, with whom we spend time with. And the light of Christ flows out of his people and into those around them. You see, I love spending time with you, and I love connecting with you through phone or whatever it may be because I can learn from you. We learn from one another. The Bible says spur one another, admonishing, teaching, singing psalms, and praising God together. If we're not together, we can't do that. If you're isolated in your apartment or you're isolated in your home, you can't do that. To fully experience koinonia, as we talked about, you need to be with God's people. Amen? Amen? And third, this is what we must do. We must spend time in what? Prayer. Prayer. We must spend time in prayer because as we fellowship with God, Kononia, the aroma of his life makes us very aroma of Christ. As you know, I'm a carnivore, and I love beef. And one of the beefs that I like is Korean barbecue, all right? And one restaurant that I go, they have Korean barbecue, and you grill it in front of you, right? And as you walk in, you can smell the aroma of the beef. And I love it. My precious wife, G, became a carnivore too because after we met, we've been going to Korean barbecue place, and she loves Korean barbecue. And my daughter too. She loves Korean barbecue as well. But here's the point that I'm making. 
after I enjoy the Korean barbecue and I exit the restaurant, what do I smell like? Korean barbecue. <laughs> that aroma is pretty strong. It's in my hair. It's in my fingernails. It's in my, uh, it's in my clothes. You know, I got to go home and take a shower deeply. Why? Because I spent time in Korean barbecue. Are you smelling like Christ? Are you with me? As Paul said, are you overflowing with the aroma of Christ? If you're not smelling the aroma of Christ, then you are not spending enough time with him. Because as you are spending time with him, and you are deeply saturated in the word of God, and you are being deeply saturated with God's people, and then you are on your knees praying daily like this next to your bed, then you are fully experiencing God's power, and then you, are, you have the aroma of Christ. So when then you go out in the streets, people are going to smell Christ on you. Amen? They're going to see the love of Christ in you. They're going to see the forgiveness of Christ in you. They're going to see the kindness of Christ in you. They're going to see the gentleness of Christ in you. And people are going to say, I want some of that. Amen? And you can share the gospel then. Hallelujah. Are we ready, brothers and sisters? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that the Holy Spirit reigns in us. We thank you that we are his temple. We thank you that he desires to fill us to the max. Father, I pray that you'll give us the boldness and the courage like Peter and John and to share the gospel without fear. That we as a church will fulfill the great commission and that we will be your witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and ends of the earth. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yeah, let's sing this. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but only me on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. The ground is sinking sand. Darkness, when darkness fails, his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground. Sinking sand, when he shall come with trumpet sound, oh may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteous 
restless alone For less to stand before the throne Oh, Christ so solid Rock I stand All other ground is sinking sand All other ground is sinking sand Oh, Christ On Christ the solid Rock I stand All other ground Sinking sand on other ground is sinking sand. Father, we come to Christ because He is our solid rock. Though some of us may be sinking. May we go on the solid rock of Christ. Perhaps some of us today are feeling like we're drowning. I pray, Lord God, that you would remind my brothers and my sister who feel they are drowning, I pray that you reach your hand from heaven and grab them and tell them what they need to hear. It says, I am here with you. I am not going to let you drown. I am not going to let you sink. Take my hand, who are weary and tired and exhausted. I will give you rest. May the God of peace, who through the blood of eternal covenant, brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through our Lord Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever and all God's people said Amen. Amen. God loves you. Go in peace.